Okay, we're holding on top of page Chaf, right? So we're discussing different levels of davening, and da- specifically the Hizbanyus before davening. Okay, so he says, Amnam. Let's start with the top line. He says like this, Amnam, Ka'ashir ha'izbanyus hu ba'orein tzof, shalomaylem me'olamos, v'bechines hafla. So up until now we've been describing different types of meditations, right? And in particular, uh, talking about how the regular person the, the greatest type of meditation for him is really the meditation dealing around memali kolamim, right? That this is something that is understandable, something that is something that he could makabal inside of himself. So now he changes gears. What about the hisbainus and the orients of shalomaylam oilamos? In the level of the hafla, the wondrousness that's there. So with this, with this level, as much as he's going to meditate on it, the issue here is the ore may not be able to shine inside of him. Not just the idea of the ore not being able to, but also the, the, the hasaga and the hargasha. In other words, it's a little bit beyond him. That's essentially what he's saying. That this is the issue here. That he feels in his soul the level of the hafla, of the ilui. But the problem is, is that it's not going to shine inside of him. Now, what we're going to explain here in the parentheses, this is like a very intricate uh, parentheses here, is that there are essentially um, two different nakudas here that we're discussing. Avram, shut the doors first, please. Thank you. Um, that on the one hand you have the idea of the kalim on the other hand you have the idea of the or right and what we're going to be talking about here is that with a regular person right when the meditation is dealing with something that he is capable of really grasping for example the idea of mamali kalamim Right? That is something that the kalim are able to, to grasp, and also the or is able to penetrate into the panemius of him. Namely, it goes into his heart. He's able to get it. It's able for him to feel that. The issue, however, <clears throat> is with regards to when he's talking about, when he's, when he's meditating on something that is beyond, beyond him. What happens then? So the kalim he may actually even have, because he's trying to figure it out, he's working on it, and he's spending all this time meditating on it. But the ore might be too, uh, on too high of a level for it to actually impact his heart. That's the idea that he's going to be bringing out here. Okay, And that's what we're saying here. So there's really a big difference here between a tzaddik who's doing this meditation and a regular person that's doing this meditation. The tzaddik... On the one hand, he has the kalim, and on the other hand, he does have the capability and the sensitivity that the ore is going to affect him in a panemiastic way. Now, what do I mean by panemiastic way? The famous example that's given uh, throughout Hasidus for the difference between makif and panemius with regards to one's personal avoida is the idea <coughs> that it discusses in the Gemara about, uh, about how a robber, when he is... Uh, getting ready to steal from a house, he will dive into Hashem right on the threshold that he should be successful. We've all heard this example before. 
this idea that he should be able to daven to Hashem, that he should be successful in stealing, makes absolutely no sense. Right? On the one hand, if you believe in God, that's why you're davening, so then how could you be stealing? Right? It's the opposite of what Hashem says is allowed. On the other hand, if you believe in stealing, so then why are you davening to Hashem? You got the idea? This is how most of us act throughout uh, many, uh, many parts of our day. On the one hand, if you believe in Hashem, right, and you believe that Hashem is in charge of everything, so why are you all depressed about uh, whatever event happened? Right? On the other hand, right, if you, if you, uh, you know, believe that Hashem is in charge, so why, why don't you, right, why don't you make it a point that, that, that this is coming from Hashem and this is how you're going to, uh, you know, how you're going to interact or interface with any situation is going to be from that way. So yes, we could be talking about Hashem all day long, but yet, right, it's always the story, you know, I can't believe that, you know, every, Hashem is in charge, Hashem is, Hashem is in charge, and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, your wallet, you misplace your wallet, you're, you're freaking out. I can't believe Hashem closed his eyes for those five minutes that my wallet got, you know, lost. Like, that's, that's how we engage, that's how we interface with this idea. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's something that is a very deep, concept that as much as our kalim could get the concept it doesn't necessarily mean that it becomes internalized within us so yes when we're when we're when we're speaking about it or when we're for bringing about it right the idea of how hashem is mamish has a shkacha pratias and every little thing so from the point of view of the fabrangian from the point of view of the discussion sure it makes a lot of sense however when it comes to real life situations, all of a sudden, it gets thrown out the window very quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I want to understand this idea, but and also we're also told that we have to act there. Are you are we allowed to say we lost our wallet and not freak out? Like we have to find it. We have to do everything in our power to search for it, right? Again. I don't understand your question. And we can't just like rely on like miracles. Like, I'm not talking about relying on miracles. It's not the idea of finding it. Of course, you have to look for your wallet. It's the idea out? of the idea of so many events happen in our lives, and we get very upset and we're very distressed about it. If we really believed that Hashem is in charge of everything, which we do believe, the problem is that it is not in necessarily internalized within us. So therefore, that's why we get angry and we get upset and we get depressed and we get uh, all moody and frustrated and all different things throughout the day when different events take place. But yet, we spend so much time discussing the idea of hashkacha pratis, right? So there's a disconnect that's inherent within you know, most people. So what, what the Rebbe is saying here is that this disconnect is specifically coming from the fact that the or of that, of that level of understanding is not necessarily able to become internalized within the heart of the ordinary person. So as much as he might meditate on it, and he might really, like, conceptually speaking, like, it makes sense, right? We know that Hashem is creating everything in every single second, and, like, the, the concept makes sense. But it's interesting how a person could discuss it and intellectually get the idea, but yet the way he acts in life <clears throat> is not 
uh, is not coherent with that idea. This is where it comes from. This is the idea that he's saying, that, that he's going to be discussing in this parenthesis. This is the idea that he just said just now. So a tzaddik, who is on a much higher level in terms of his, where his soul is coming from and who he is, so he has the, he has the, the not just the kalim, but the ore is able to shine much more into, in his heart, that he's able to internalize it. Let's take a look in, in the parentheses and see what we're talking about. Okay, it's a little bit complicated, this parentheses, but let's see if we can do it. The feeling in this, who, is also in a level of panemius, right? That's what we want. And panemius means, in other words, panemius here means internalized, okay? That what's being internalized, though, is not the actual Indian itself. It's just the wondrousness of the Oreinsov. Not that he's actually experiencing the light itself. He's experiencing the hoo-ha of the light, but not the light. And even the the feeling of the hergish of the, the of the hafla. So we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about the hafla, which is the wondrousness of it, and the or. So the first thing he's saying is that he could feel the hafla of the or so, the wondrousness of it, but not the or itself. And then he could then he goes on to say. And even the hergish of the hafla, even the idea of the hafla is not in a level of panemius. Right? It's a feeling of something that he feels to be separate from. One of the ways that Mashpiyam explained this idea is like the idea, the concept of a person that is. Uh, hungry compared to a person who's satiated. When a person is very hungry, right, he feels that the food is missing from him. He doesn't feel the food. He feels that what's, what's missing. So he can recognize the feeling of that which is missing. So here it's like he feel, he, he recognizes is that there's a concept of, of this idea of this incredible wondrousness of Hashem, so to speak. On the other hand, it's not that he actually gets it what he, he doesn't get what he doesn't... It's not that he gets it. It's that he gets the fact that it's there. The concept of it, not it. So when the person, however, is full, he feels the idea of the feeling of the food that's inside of him, that he feels satiated from it. It's not that he's missing. He's feeling that the concept of what's not there. He's getting the concept that what is, is there. So that's what he says. mamish. <laughs> It's not a feeling in panemius. So it's not that he feels like it's something that's far from him, separate from him. It's just that he doesn't feel it in the panemius. He just doesn't get it. It doesn't internalize. Because by the regular person, the, the, sensitive, the, the, the refinement of that particular light is so far beyond him that he's not able to cause it to penetrate within him to really get it. Like, let's say that a person uh, is 
trying to understand a deep concept, an intellectual concept, a deep concept in, in, in Torah, right? In, in, in a Taisvus or some sort of other point in the Gemara. Like he could sense that this is a very wondrous idea, but it's not necessarily, like, so he could sense the wondrous idea without understanding it. And then he could even sense it, like it's so beyond him. But it's not, and then he could sense, oh, this is what it is. It is, I get this, I get this. But it's not, it's not able to become internalized. So what he's saying here is this is a similar idea. I know this is very complicated and it's very, um, you know, it's a little out there what we're talking about now. But essentially what we're saying is that, that there are meditations that, on the one hand, he has the kalim for and also has the capability of internalizing it. And then there are meditations which he could have the kalim for, but he can't, as much as he's going to meditate on it, he's not going to be able to internalize it. Because it's still, as much as he spends the time and the effort, it's not necessarily going to become internalized inside of him. And therefore, when it's not internalized inside of him, it's not necessarily going to change his life in a practical sense. Yeah. Right, because it's on, it's too high of a level. The ore itself is on too high of a level. What the kid like he could he could spend his time thinking about it. He, like he gets the concept in a in a in a mindset type of way. Like he can get the concept. There is a concept called this makitika light that is everywhere equally, and that right. We, we're supposed to study this. We're supposed to think about the idea of of kolalim and how it works and it. And it, and it can make sense to us. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to actually get the ore of it. Right? That it, therefore, if he doesn't get the ore of it, it can't become internalized inside of him. If it can't become internalized inside of him, then it can't change the way he experiences life. That's, that's the concept. So what's the point? What's the point of what? The whole point, the whole point of meditating on the is that it change, changes you with the mothers. Right. So this is what he's saying here, that the, the, there are different, different ideas of meditation that he meditates on. So what we were explaining yesterday was the idea of the meditation on Mimali Kalami. The idea of how the ore, just like a soul fills the body, the ore fills the world. Right. That concept is something that is very real that we could get, that we could understand, we could experience, the, the, we could understand the concept of it, and we could also experience the light of it. That's something that is nogea to everyone, right? Yehudi tata, the concept of being bittled to a creator, the idea that Hashem is creating me, these are things that are, are nogea to me, that I can experience, that I can internalize, that I can live with, right? Like we were discussing even, um, you know, in the countries of Oda class the other night, the idea of, for example, the idea of uh, meditation at the end of Perak Membase. They talked about how to bring fear, right? That a person goes through a whole meditation, like with regards to a king, that with the king, what is he really afraid of? It's not afraid of the body of the king, but the body is a simon that there's a soul inside of the king. And when a person sees the body of the king, so he recognizes that it's the the clee for the soul and the soul has the potential to you know do crazy things to him and therefore he has to be afraid of him and he has to be in awe of him and he has to be all these things but it's not literally the body itself that he's that he's afraid of it's the person inside of the body that he's afraid of in the same way a person has to look at the world that everything is really just a keli for the ore of hashem that's inside of it 
Ah, uh, you're going to tell me that you don't see it? Well, the truth is you don't see the, what you're, the, the thing that you're most afraid of in the king either. All you're seeing is this body. And it doesn't matter if he's wearing a bathing suit or he's wearing 15 pairs of clothes and a, a big fur coat on top. It's still hiding that which is inside of him. So this is a meditation that a person could really get. What we're saying here, Yehudi Allah, that there's nothing else here except for God. Right? As much as intellectually speaking, you could really make sense of it. The ore of it is on such a high level, what we're saying here, is it's not necessarily going to penetrate and become internalized inside of me. So, so the kalim, so the kalim are there, but the ore is too much for me. So your question is? Why meditate on Oh, good question. So in Kundra's Chaim, the Rebbe Rashab over there, explains that it isn't something that you should meditate on on a regular basis. I mean, like all the time. That should be your only meditation. However, he does say over there that it's important to, yes, meditate on it every once in a while because it just gives a perspective to things and it, it puts you into that mindset that you understand that this is really what's going on. But it's not necessarily the go-to, we'll call it like that, the go-to meditation on a daily basis that this is what you're trying to impact your life with. But it's something that you, it gives you a perspective of the greater whole. Now, Masha Enkain, a tzaddik whose soul is on such a high level, right? He, on the other hand, right? His kalim are there and his, and his or is there. So therefore, a meditation like that is capable of coming in and penetrating and impacting him. So therefore, as the next parenthesis is going to say, right? Therefore, by the tzaddik, this is going to cause kalos nefesh. An idea of Ava Batanugim, like we were discussing in chapter uh, 14 of Tanya, right? Because he's experiencing it. That's why the, the, the you know, for example, he explains in chapter 14 that Sadiq does not have to spend his time meditating on why the Gashmistika world, right, is, is something that he should be disgusted by. Uh, because it's, yeah, exactly. Because he has this Ava Batanugim for Hashem, because he experiences the Abishter in the oneness. Because that's what he's not only thinking about, but he's experiencing. So by definition, it just happens to him that he's not going to go after the things that you and I might go after with our, with our silly nefesh of Bahamises, right? Because that's how he's made. Why, though? Because the ore is penetrating. Since the ore is penetrating, that's what he's experiencing in his life. This is why Chabad Hasidus is so, um, it's so important in Chabad Hasidus, this idea of not fooling yourself. Right? Because we want to do things that are going to work. Now, having said all this, right, it still explains in chapter 14 of Tanya that a person has to spend some time dedicated to the idea of meditating along the lines of what a tzaddik mindset is. Right? In order to fulfill the, the oath that we say when we, when we come down into this world, right? Tzaddik. Altia Russia. Not to be a Russia, that already, we, that's a given. That's the idea of a Bainini. That's the idea of every moment that it's choosing not to go after one's heart. Right? Choosing not to go after one's Nefesh Bahamias. But to be a Tzaddik? How, how do you expect me to be a Tzaddik? That's something that's way beyond me. And my, 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 my soul is not holding there. So therefore, therefore, the Rebbe over there explains very clearly that you're right. But nevertheless, a person should still meditate on these ideas. And then he says, a hergel, someone who does it over and over and over again, right? Let's talk about it in, in 21st century words. It creates neuropathways. 
And therefore, that meditation again and again and again will cause it to change in him. And he will become, uh, at least from a mindset point of view, he will change his mindset. And even if he's not holding on the level of Avabatanugim, which he's not. He's not holding on that level. That's what we're saying here. He's definitely not holding on that level. But <coughs> since he's changing his mindset right, in his own way, Hashem might decide to, to give him a Bechina Ruach Mishayrish, right? Like those are the words that he uses over there, right? A Bechina, which means not the soul itself, but a ray from the soul of a tzaddik that's already finished all his avoda in this world. And when it happens like that, then all of a sudden he pumps him up to a whole different experience in life. Not necessarily for the rest of his life, but even for that one moment. But that's up to God. That's God's space. We have to work on our space. What are we capable of? Yes? Well, the feeling is not in terms of different sins, like they specified, like Abu Dazara, a hundred percent. That's what we discussed before. Right. So in certain areas, you could say that you are a tzaddik. In, 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 in certain areas. For example, the example that a person, right, I, I can't remember if it was in this class or the Tanya class, that we talked about in the last couple of days, if all of a sudden a person brings in uh, from McDonald's a, a double cheeseburger with bacon on it. So most people in this room would be disgusted by that. Like, why should you be disgusted by it? There's nothing, uh, half the world is eating this stuff on a regular basis, right? So it's clearly not a... a you know, objectively disgusting thing. It's objectively not disgusting to, you know, literally billions of people. So, nevertheless, by me, it, it, it's going to make, it, it would make me, you know, feel feelings of, uh, you know, very much disgust. You know, want to throw up over it. Why? Because in this area, in this extreme area, my soul has already become more refined. Like you meditated on that part, in that aspect. What? The way you can be meditating, but to have a static mindset, you need something to feel something. And so, so, so well, that's what he explains in chapter 14 that a person should meditate on these things. But the problem is that most of the uh, Gosh mystical world is not that. Most of the Gosh mystical world that I, that I right, feel might be very delicious and very tempting. Right? Hashem is saying that that's supposed to feel disgusting to you. That's the reality. Right? That's the reality of our situation. That, that, that's because of where my soul is. And that's normal because that's the way God created me. God created me in this way, not in a different way. And that's, let's go on just next to the next parenthesis. It says, The reason why this is going on is because his neshama is not a clea for this. This type of uh, experience of the high-level light is specifically by the tzaddikim gedolim. Right? Because their nishama is a kli for the orenzov. So for a, for a tzaddik gamor to have this type of meditation, right, to thinking about the soiv of kolamim, to thinking about the makif, he is going to experience it. Because why? Because his neshama is sensitive to it. But not every person is able to merit having such a thing. They say that, um, I, I can't remember, here, I heard this some time ago, that at a certain age, like there's a certain sound, right, that uh, people can't hear anymore. 
like so kids that are like you know like your age you know 18 19 whatever 20 whatever it is right if they put this sound on they could hear it but but their parents will not be able to hear it they ever heard of that is that you think what is it hertz what oh age but yeah some sort of it's sort of some, some sort of level so this is the same right the higher frequency okay so this is a very good physical muscle for this in other words it's not that it's not there it's just that and you know an adult of that age group has lost his sensitivity to that particular sound Masha Enkin, a 17 year old you know could be listening to this and it's like very very clear to him it's like it's not that he you know, this is just, he is sensitive to that sound. So that's what we're saying here by Atzadik. Atzadik is sensitive to this. That's, his neshama is a clee for this type of ore. And so therefore, he is experiencing the, that particular ore. That's what's causing him to have the avabatanugim. It's not a mental exercise. It's a neshama experience. That's the difference. So that neshama experience winds up being different by different people based on where his neshama is holding in the world of neshamas, we'll call it, right? Right? Is going to be a telltale sign whether he's going to be able to experience this. So for regular people, most people, 99% of the people, they're not holding on that level. A tzaddik, a great tzaddik who's holding on that level, he has that capability of experiencing the or. When he's experiencing the or, all of a sudden he's experiencing this level of Ava B'tanugim. It's not a fake uh, experience. It's an experience that he's having. And therefore, therefore, it's not a mental exercise. It's or that he's experiencing from Hashem. In the same way that we were talking about the other day. When a person goes on a Mifzayim, I can't remember when we discussed this one or two classes ago. You see, Beferish, that a person comes back from Mibzayim, a happier person. That was yesterday. Thank you. Right? You come back a happier person. Why? What did he do at the end of the day? Why should he be happy? What makes him so happy? He went to some old age home and, and he spent time talking to uh, this guy and that guy and he put tefillin on this guy or that guy or he asked this woman to, to light Shabbos candles. You know, this guy or that guy, right? So... The point being what? What did, what did he, what, what happened over there? Why is he experiencing, it's not, there's some sort of ore, there's some sort of light that's coming into his neshama that is causing him to experience life differently then. And it's making him happy. It's not because he, he uh, you know, heard something or because he, like was playing some sort of game in his mind that he's going to make himself. No, it's, it's, it's a, an experience that he is having, which is changing his whole approach. That's the idea here. Does that make sense? You guys with me still? Okay, so let's go a little bit further and then we'll uh, call it a day. Now, the difference here, he goes back to what we were saying before, right, before the parentheses, right, is that because by the regular person, he's not experiencing the or, what he's experiencing is this thirst for it. It's creating a thirst in him. 
And therefore, it, he wants he wants that. The difference here between the tzaddik and the regular person is the tzaddik is experiencing it. He doesn't have a thirst for it. He's actually experiencing it. The regular person is missing it, and therefore he wants it. He's wanting what he can't, what he doesn't have, and therefore that is the concept of having a thirst for something. He he wants this thing. That's the difference. The kasher meira or begili mamish binavsho because when the light is mamish shining in his soul, as we begin a simcha betainuga nefesh, right? That's what we we're just talking about. What happens is that a person has a simcha, has a tainug, has a real pleasure of his soul. That's what's going on. It's not a made-up thing. Happiness is not a made-up thing. It's either you're experiencing it or you're not experiencing it. That's the way it works. As much as the world wants to say, you know, just do ABC and you'll be happy, it's not necessarily like that according to Hasidus. It's an experience of experiencing my soul. The ore in my soul. The ore that comes from Hashem. And when a person is experiencing that ore that's coming from Hashem, then he, he becomes extremely happy, extremely filled with pleasure. That's what goes on. That's what's making it. That he actually has pleasure on Hashem. And in the level of Dveikis Mamish. He's cleaving to the ore. This is the level that the tzaddikim are experiencing. That they're experiencing this love of tanugim, of pleasures, that is out of this world. Right? That's what they are experiencing. So when they're experiencing such a level of tanugim, it's out of worldly. That's what they're experiencing. That's what their souls are sensitive to. And that therefore they can do it. Aval kasher, ein ha'or meir begili mamish. But when the ore is not shining, begili mamish. Yeah? So then, rakshin nirgash, so oitzim haflava ha'ilui the ore himself. But instead, what is he experiencing? He's experiencing that this is a wondrous thing. This greatness of Hashem. But he's not experiencing the ore. He's experiencing the concept of the wondrousness. Then it's not that he's experiencing Hashem. He's experiencing the idea that this is a wondrous idea. And therefore, he wants it. Why? Because he doesn't have it. That's a different experience. Right? So when we were talking about before about the person that goes on Mipsayim and he feels this, this is not the Avatanugim, but it's a, it's a good muscle for what is going on. That all of a sudden he's experiencing at that moment a certain level of ore that's going into his neshama and he's feeling different. Now imagine a tzaddik, a tzaddik who's experiencing mamish or ainsof, flooding, flooding his neshama. So he's out of his kalim in, in this ava. It's called ava betanugim. It's a totally different thing. By you and I, it's not shayach to us. We don't have that. We, don't, we weren't made that way. Which is fine. It's because God made us this way. That's the way it works. But we could sense a, uh, there is a different level, which is a sense of, of the hafla, the wondrousness of Hashem. And we want that. It causes a desire, a realization that I don't have this and I want this. That's a different, that, that's a different story. Okay, I know this is very um, technical in a lot of ways and it's going back and forth. And, you know, it, it's a little bit complicated following the, the you know, following the to and the fro as he's going back and forth and contrasting here. But I think it's important to uh, to uh, really uh, recognize what's going on. So, Mitzvah Hashem, please uh, 
Yeah, it's very geschmack. Please spend your time doing Chazar.